Right, got the bags and got the keys. Heading out the door. Nice sunny day, great day to take off. Hey there, this is not just a pretty van. It's actually a practical and fun adventure podcast for solo travellers, doing it in a van or something else and pursuing a passion. I'm Ange, I'm a solo traveller. I've been doing it for years. In fact, I'm almost down to two suitcases. And now with my new van, the California beach, which I'm loving. I'm pursuing my passion, which is ultra trail running. And that puts me on the best trails in the most beautiful places. And I get to meet some amazing people along the way. I'll share some tips and tricks and I'll share the lessons learned. I'll certainly share the conversations I have. Some of them are a little crazy and I'll share the adventures as I go along. So sit down, grab a cuppa, grab a scotch, whatever floats your boat, and I hope listening to this inspires you to get out and do your own solo travelling. This episode is all about a plan with a van. It touches on why solo travelling, what vehicle you may choose, looking at the journey that I have taken to get the current van of choice, the California beach. But first, I have been travelling solo for most of my life. The seed of enjoying travel and adventure was planted very early for me, thanks to my gorgeous parents who took the whole family, all six of us, our dog and any other animals we had, camping every major holiday period for over 15 years. We even drove from Melbourne to Perth in two combi vans when the roads weren't bitumen, the stops were very long apart, and children had a lot of freedom to explore. Like rolling down the large sand dunes at Seduna, or rock hopping in the southern part of Western Australia. It was two families, four adults, seven children, one dog, and even a terrapin, a small turtle, swishing around in a casserole dish Mum insisted on bringing him, carefully teetered on a glove box at the front of one of the vans. The staff of great memories, which I still hold dearly today. This travel theme continued in my work life. With regional and global roles, I have travelled across the world for over 20 years. Very blessed to have had the opportunity to live in some beautiful cities like Copenhagen, which I still feel very connected with. The corporate travelling is where I really refined my art of solo travelling. Adding to this are my personal pursuits, such as outdoor recreation and physical exercise, part of my formal training, along with my passion for trail running. This has allowed me to go off-road and experience the joys of what nature really has to offer. And now with my own family, which is ever-expanding, it's lovely to see this passion for adventure and curiosity bubbling up amongst my own brood. Some of them have already taken up their own way of travelling, which makes me very proud. I guess the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree in this case. So why solo travelling? It's all about exploring and experiencing different places and things. The opportunity for exciting and new challenges 
and meeting new people, some who may become lifelong friends. For me, it's about being curious, taking a little risk and pushing gently out of one's comfort zone, opening up a whole world of unknown to me and having a new adventure. I love that feeling of freedom and expansiveness when you first set your travel plans in motion. But don't just take it from me. In this podcast series, you'll hear from solo travellers who are out and about pursuing their passion and adventures, doing it in their own style. Now, it's not all roses and chocolates. There are challenges and things to consider. And part of this podcast series will focus on the lessons learnt to help you form your own travel plans. These days, you can definitely do it your own way. There are so many choices of vehicles, vans, trucks, buses. You can even go boat or rail. And there are places catering more and more for solo travelling. We will give you some insider views and some of the best in our travels. There are online platforms and groups to support solo travelling, such as Rolling Solo, which is one we will talk about a little more in one of the coming episodes. And you can do it in your own style. You can keep it basic and rough it a little bit. Or you can go out all luxury. Lux Vanning, it's your choice. And now for the van. When I think about it, this journey actually started years ago. In fact, my second car was a Subaru station wagon. Big enough to take all my recreational and camping gear and long enough to sleep in when needed with a little off-road capability. It was always full of things, climbing ropes, kayak oars, running gear, with roof racks on the top to strap kayaks or on the rare occasion, surfboards, which I must admit is still on my bucket list to master. In fact, I remember borrowing my brother-in-law's surfboard to go surfing with a college friend down at Anglesey on the southern coast of Victoria. As we drove off the Westgate Bridge, a crosswind hit us and one of the Oki straps snapped. We saw the board sail off gently to the left in slow motion. Amazingly, the board remained intact. We rescued it, retied it to the top and continued our way to do some very ungraceful surfing. To this day, I have not told my brother-in-law about that story. As I moved from college to work and from sports recreation to a more corporate life, my choice of vehicle changed, and for the next few cars, it was more sedans and suburban-friendly vehicles. This lasted a while until I found myself once again looking to take my family camping. The next rig was a white Hilux dual cabin with dual tank and a fiberglass canopy at the rear which was even fitted out with lockable gun racks. What was I going to do with gun racks? Well, they made great storage areas for my running gear and the like. It was a corporate car by week. I must have looked a sight rucking up to client premises and sliding out of the front cabin in my suit and heels. And a getaway car by weekend. With my little family, we had lots of great trips around Victoria, going to places like Wilson Promontory in the southern tip of Victoria, and Sandy Point out onto that big beach for the occasional picnic and kite sailing. 
We had this vehicle for a while, but as my roles changed with more international travel, the Hilux was doomed to be traded in for something smaller. Downsizing to the Red Rocket, a Zippy Volvo hatchback was a great move. The children had grown up and had their own vehicles or modes of transport. I just simply needed something for work and for a quick getaway on the weekend with a dog, a 56-kilo Great Dane who was happy to curl up in the back of that little hatch. It was when I moved for work into Queensland that the itch to get back off-road and explore grew. One fateful night with a lack of sleep, thanks to sleeping in the back of the Red Rocket, forcing me to actually pull out of a 56-kilometre race due to tiredness, it made me really think that something had to change. Queensland is a huge state and presents the best opportunity for outdoor lifestyle. There are so many places to explore, and with the northern, southern, central and western regions so different, it can't be ignored. This, along with the increasing passion to run on trails within Queensland that I had only heard about, started me on the journey to find the next perfect vehicle. It was about two years ago, and in part spurred on by a close running friend, who was already out in their land cruiser enjoying training weekends. I would constantly receive pictures of them on the trail with some breathtaking scenery behind them, or the morning vista when they woke up peering out from their rooftop tent snuggled in their duvet, or videos of campfires watching the sunset. They were sharing Garmin maps and the terrain they accessed. It was captivating for me, and I wanted in. I had already decided by then that I wanted my own support vehicle for long races. This was on the cards. Something comfortable to sleep in, start from, return to, where I could relax and wind down. The idea of rocking up to a race and being able to stay close was becoming a priority, both for ease and cost, not to mention safety. So the crazy journey began and I started to jump online, watching video after video on vehicle fit-outs. There are many. I had my mind on a troopie. It was safe, parts were easy to get and had a reasonable cabin size to do some sort of custom fit-out. And I could obviously get off-road in any condition, pretty much. I even test drove a new one and although a little expensive to buy off-shelf, Thanks to the pandemic, the second-hand car market was increasing in price, closing the Delta with the new ones, which was all playing in my favour. The Troopy test drive was exciting and crystallised for me that this was the direction I wanted to go. However, with a little more research, links to videos from my friend, I started to refine my list. Safety was first. I was a solo traveller after all. Comfort? absolutely. A little bit of luxury, always. Insulation, secure and easy to move windows, easy access doors and ventilation. Ability to go off-road, nothing extensive, just enough for me. Definitely a comfortable bed. Ability to cook, refrigerate food, enough storage to house water and food for a couple of weeks would do the trick. Ideally, a place where I could sit when it was rainy And showers and toilets were kind of a must, but there are plenty of facilities out there. Flexibility and configuration, that means that I wanted to be able to go off-road, 
and do my travelling, but also to be able to move around the city easily. After all, it was going to be my only car. I wanted to be able to seat my family and friends comfortably. I wanted to be able to stand up in the van, and at five foot ten, that meant the roof had to pop. I wanted it to be expandable with additional tenting and canopy arrangements if required. And we will talk about this in another episode. And as an added idea, not on my must list, I wanted to be able to move the internal format around. But this only came into play with my new van. And we'll talk about that in another episode because it's worth sharing. But for now, think Lego with interchangeable parts. The more I thought about it, I wanted it easy to manoeuvre, a support van for my trail running with a little off-road capability and a camper van for my solo travelling with a little luxury, of course. More research required. What type of van? (laughs) At first I thought fitting one out myself, jumping online again and looking at how does one go about doing this? A plan is essential for the fit out where the beds go, where the storage is, the table, the fridge, etc. Insulation and panelling is key as the first step. Windows and venting, lighting and power need to be planned for and prepared before the insulation goes in. And this also includes water pumps and battery storage. And once the panelling is done, the carcasses for the beds and bench need to be framed up. And so it goes. It looks fun. And speaking with some of my solo travellers who have done their own fit-out, it is. You'll hear more about their journeys in coming episodes. My barrier to entry in doing a fit-out was that I didn't have access to a garage, at least not in Queensland. Then I turned to the prospect of outsourcing, employing someone to do the fit-out, So I jumped online again and a whole new world opened up of options on how to custom fit. There are many great local companies in Queensland that do some brilliant van conversions. It is worth spending time just looking at what's on offer and how much can be done within such a confined space. People are very clever and there's some fantastic ideas. As I started to lock in on this van idea, I visited several local dealers to look at options. One of them was the VW dealership in Fortitude Valley. And this was where my journey took a massive turn. I was introduced to the salesperson on the floor. With my guard up already, I didn't want to be sold to. All I was doing was research and I knew what I wanted. This visit was purely an exercise to see, touch and feel how big or small the various VW vans were. Having looked at the second-hand car market for over 12 months, I was comfortable to consider new. Just a van with the right shell would do, and the rest I could manage with a specialist fitter. Explaining a little bit about my journey to the salesperson, what I was looking for, he listened and asked the relevant questions. No opinions, no pressure, just listened. We took a test drive in a transporter just to get a feel and I was surprised how comfortable the ride was and how easy it was to manoeuvre around Fortitude Valley. We talked a little more about the purpose and the list of requirements and we also talked about the pricing from the basic to the top of the range multivan. I left indicating that I would mull over all these things. But what struck me was the idea of the multivan 
and it coming with an already panelled and insulated shell. Later that week, I got a call from him. There was a caravan and camping expo in Brisbane the coming weekend, and the dealership had a couple of new-to-market camper van options on display. He suggested I come down and look at what was on offer just to add to my research and see all the extras on show to give me a sense of what was really possible. I walked into the showroom and was immediately taken by the California beach. Trying to maintain my poker face, I followed the salesperson dutifully around the showroom, peering into the various fans on show. My eyes kept drifting back to the Kelly. It was compact, tick. It had all-wheel drive, tick, with a rear differential option, tick. It had venting with the pop-up roof and the double bed, plus flexibility with the bench seat to further fold down to add another double bed, and front seat captain chairs that swivelled around to allow eating and relaxing inside. It was insulated and came with window bags on the rear windows that provided further insulation and privacy, plus blinds on the side doors and the front windows. It was a complete package. And the whole back was modular based on a slide rail system, meaning the bench seat, the table, the kitchenette could all be taken out. Yep, it had a kitchenette in the package. Which meant rather than the van being considered a luxury vehicle, attracting luxury tax, in keeping the kitchenette with the basic refrigerator, stove, sink, water storage and dry drawers, the vehicle moved into the camper van category, removing the luxury tax and making the package less expensive. Go figure. After the obligatory walk around the showroom, I turned to the salesperson and said, that's it, the California beach. He just smiled. We parted ways with the paperwork done and a conversation with my accountant that went like this. This is what I'm doing. And then the waiting began. We waited for the car to hit the Australian shores and the call was received to pick it up. I arrived at the showroom in the morning and the van was under a cover and a red bow. All a little bit OTT for me, but the manager and salesperson were very excited. As soon as I had driven out of that showroom, that afternoon I packed my bags and headed off on my first solo van adventure. A feeling of this is it, bring on the next adventure hit me and I had a huge smile. So there you have it, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to the journey of how I've gotten my van. In the next episode, we'll bring some highlights on the first van trip, and we'll also meet Jess and her van, a gorgeous custom fit-out that is her escape vehicle as she chases some of the best waves along the southern coastline of Queensland. So until the next episode, I will see you on the other side. <laughs>